So, when was your last checkup? Oh no, not you. Although that's important too, but when was your last vehicle checkup? When it comes to service, nobody knows your Chevy better than your local Chevy dealer. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com to schedule an appointment today. Hey, Reg, how you doing, my friend? All set? Good, 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 good. 390. We're getting almost to 400 here, right? Another 10 weeks, two months or so? Into probably sometime in January, though? 400. Wow. That's pretty cool. Are you ready to do 390? Let's do it then. <laughs> All set? Finger on the trigger? Cool. I'll give you three S's. I give you the countdown, you give me the music, I give you a podcast. All right? Put in the books. 390, 390. Here we go. Star, smile, strong. Three, two, one. Hey, it's Elton Jim Toronto, and this is Captain Podtastic. And welcome to another episode of Elton Jim's. Podtastic. Every Monday, a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast. We are there. And don't forget, listening is cool. Don't get me wrong. Listening is very cool. Very appreciated. But you also got to get out there and tell your friends, tell your family, tell anybody who listens to a podcast that your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic, and it should be theirs too. That loyalty and that devotion. Oh, thank you so much. If you like what you hear, don't forget, you go to WGNRadio.com, you hit the podcast section, hit the prompt for this podcast. And talk about the holiday season. It's going to be Christmas for you. Under your podcast Christmas tree, just wrapped and ready for you. Hundreds of podcasts for you. Just keep scrolling down. Keep loading more. Find out where we were so you'll know where we're going. Right now, we're going to number 390, episode 390. Wow, 390. How about that, Reggie, huh? 390. That's pretty impressive. I don't know if it's impressive or not. I mean, it's, 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 <laughs> it's impressive that I've done that many. I don't know how much the, the podcast, I mean, I'm looking around and seeing all this fame and fortune for people like Joe Rogan and others, so... I guess there's something to be said for doing it a long time. <laughs> but I do want to thank all of you for uh, your continued loyalty. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I uh, was at a live broadcast with Dean Richards at WGN uh, at Tree Time and uh, had a nice turnout of people. I would say a couple hundred, actually. Some people got there at 630 in the morning for a show that started at 9. The doors didn't open till 8. 
So great loyalty to Dean, and uh, he's been always kind enough to uh, invite me there. I think this was the eighth consecutive year that I've appeared at that show throughout, and I just uh, enjoyed doing it, kicking off the Christmas season, being out there at tree time, surrounded by all those beautiful Christmas trees and uh, and holiday decorations. Uh, but also it's a chance to meet the listeners, many who now I can remember by name or certainly by sight who come every year. And many people came up to me during the show and afterwards and said that they listened to the podcast every Monday. They knew the, they know the drill. And so I just want to thank you for your continued uh, loyalty and listening uh, since, what, May of 2016. Wow, 2024 is going to be, you know, in May will be eight years of this podcast. And we will certainly have reached the uh, 400 mark by early 2024. So that's uh, pretty cool. So thank you very much. I enjoy doing this. I hope you enjoy listening. So it seems beneficial for both of us, right? Keeps me busy. (laughs) I'll tell you what's kept me busy uh, in the last week or so. Did you ever have one of those weeks? Well, I had one last week. One of those weeks. Uh, I've talked to you, I think, on occasion about my, uh, seems to me at least, regular, not so much flat tires, but... uh, nails in the tires the 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 slow leak tire if you will there's nothing worse than the slow leak because you know it's there and it's haunting you and it's uh it's testing you it's challenging you because the slow leak can easily become the blowout or the flat tire if the slow leak is allowed to do its job and slowly leak because the slow leak doesn't stop unless you stop it. Uh, it may not be an immediate flat tire, uh, but this is almost worse because it, it, it's, it's kind of, as I said before, it's kind of challenging you. It's tempting you like, Oh, uh, you know, no, I'm not really flat. So if you, you don't want to take care of me right now, I, I, you could probably go to that next stop you have to make or that next errand you have to make. You go ahead. You'll probably, you'll probably make it. You'll probably make it. Go ahead. I dare you. Try. I think, I think I'll get you there. But I've learned that you cannot test or cannot, um, believe the the siren's call of the of the slow leak the slow leak may want to tempt you into um into irresponsible behavior but don't 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 take don't take that don't take the challenge just get it done get it done and i think i've spoken on many occasions that i just i don't know if my tires have magnets in them to attract nails and screws but or maybe i just maybe everybody has gets these these periodic nails and screws in their tires and they just don't tell you about them right maybe it's just that 
you know, it happens and you get them fixed and you move on. And, you know, when you, you get together with friends, it's not one of the, the big topics of the day. So maybe this happens more often to other people. And I just don't know about it because it's not discussed all that much. But I have to tell you that I, I wish I had started counting how many slow leaks due to nails and screws in, in my tires that I have had over the last, I don't know, even, well, I, mean, I, w- I would say even over the last 25 years since I've been in this house where we live now. That, 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 that seems to be where I've gotten them the most. We lived in other, a couple other places, you know, early in our marriage, and I never, I never, I don't remember ever getting a nail like this. Maybe I did, but not as often as now. I don't know where I'm driving or or, or how I'm driving, or if, like I said, I'm just, I'm, I'm not going out of my way. I'm not driving through nails all the time, but I just seem to get more nails or and screws in my tires i have to look on my i have official running you know i love lists so i have this official running tab of of all the things that i have you know we have had to fix over the years in this house just to get a sense of what we've done a little checklist to make sure that we're keeping up with it if you own a house you know that you have to constantly be looking around and and uh and and updating different things things wear out whether it's appliances roofs siding paint whatever it is it, it, it's an it's an ongoing process you're never really done with your house, whether it's renovating it if you want or redecorating. That's a personal choice, but you always have to stay very diligent on um, on the upkeep of just the basic, the basics, uh, you know, of, of sightings and and painting inside out, leaks, whatever it is, roofs, the whole thing. You always have to be diligent, and uh, so I've I've always made I've kept a running tab. Of not so much. I haven't. I'm afraid to put the price tag next to them. I don't put the price tag. I just put what we've done, <laughs> so at least I know, uh, you know what what's been done when, or when the last time it was done. I don't put a price tag on. I think that might be just, just depressing to read. <laughs> um, but um, so I think it was 50, at least 15 years ago, maybe even a little more. Now that I think about it. It might have been even close to 20, but we had a new roof put on our garage. And that's when, and I have to look to see when that garage roof was put on, because that's really when it seems that I wound up, I wound up becoming the, uh, the screw and nail attractant to my tires. And if you've ever had that done or any kind of work around your house, you know that when they have construction work done like that, you know, everybody, you know, especially if you're doing roofs, uh, you know, a lot of nails involved. And we had the roof on the garage done. And then a couple of years later, we had the roof on the house done. So a lot of a lot of nails, old nails, errant nails that go flying. And uh, because of that great gravitational pull of the earth, they always fall down. They never go up. 
<laughs> they always fall down, and if they're by your roof or you know by your house, of course, they're going to be around your driveway if you if you have one. Um, certainly, you know. So between the garage roof and the house roof, a few years in between, um, you know, we had some work done, and as I said, you know, they're removing nails, dropping nails, putting new nails in, taking old nails out. A lot of nails around now what you're supposed to do and a good and a good and thorough uh construction team will do is when they're finished they will actually go around your entire house and certainly your driveway and your walkway whatever around because it not only is it bad to get uh, you know uh, to get a nail in your tire but it's even worse to step on a nail if you're walking through, you know, your yard with some bare feet or even a certain shoe that might not be as thick as possible. You don't want to get a nail in your foot or having nails sit around. What if you trip and fall and hit something with your hand or, you know, no. So you don't want nails, any sharp objects, you know, glass, anything like that around your living space or your driving space. And so I think a, a professional and thorough uh, you know, construction group, when they're done, they will go around your driveway and your home and your walkways and your stairs, whatever is near where they were working. And they will go with a metal detector in order to get all the nails. And I think, I think that's common practice. If it isn't, it, it darn well should be at least in my mind, after what I've been experiencing. So um, when after, it seemed like after we got our garage roof done, I don't know how thorough they were in making sure that all of the nails were picked up. Because after that, I seemed to be getting a rash of nails in my tires. And they were those same nails. If you ever see like a uh, a roofing nail, it's different. You know, it's got a, kind of a big head on it. And, you know, the first time you get it, you go, oh, okay, well, what are you going to do, right? I mean, you're driving around, it, you know, how you can get it. But I was getting these every couple of weeks to the point where, I was, I mean, I mean, it was, I would, when I, when I walk into the garage, I would immediately like check my tires. I mean, do you, when you go, when you walk, you know, into your car, do you look at your tires to see if they're flat? I don't think that's a, a natural thing when you're walking towards your car, whether it's in the morning or wherever you're going, if you parked it somewhere, wherever. It's not a natural uh, instinct or uh, or or move to to before you get in take a look at your four tires and make sure they're inflated. Maybe it should be, but you shouldn't have to do it every time. But I was getting so paranoid because it wasn't paranoia; it was reality. I was getting so many nails that I was going to get you know to get these nails fixed, you know, pulled out, and they put a little plug in your tire to the point where there there was a garage not far from my house thankfully you know a couple three four blocks away 
And thankfully, they, they you know, it was, it was one of the few <laughs> gas stations in today's world that's actually a, a car repair place. Most gas stations today are just gas and convenience stores. You can get potato chips and Slurpees, but you can't get your car fixed at a gas station anymore. Before, that was par for the course. Every gas station had, had, a, had, a, had a mechanic on duty. That was where you went to get your car fixed. At a gas station. Now, most gas stations are simply commerce. They sell gas. They sell food. They sell knickknacks. They sell whatever, you know, lottery tickets, but they don't fix your cars anymore. You have to find a mechanic, a standalone mechanic, and that's not as easy before at least. You know, there's gas stations, you know, at almost every corner especially in, 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 in urban places. So the, the chances of getting a car fixed, especially something like a flat tire, which does not necessitate, uh, you know, it's, oh, I have to order parts or I have to, you know, it's going to take you three weeks or it's going to take eight hours. I mean, to fix a flat, to pull out the nail and to put in the plug, it, it really, if, if somebody really knows how to do it, it's about 10 or 15 minutes. I've seen it done. As I said, this guy that, uh, that used to work at this gas station not far from me, he would literally do it in 10 minutes. He wouldn't even jack the car up. I mean, maybe he jacked it up like three pumps, bump, 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 just enough to get the tire off. You know, zzz, zzz, zzz. you know, he used the gun to take the nuts off. He, he, he you know, we found the, you found the hole, looked at the tire, there's the nail, pulled it out, pulled the plug in, glued it, did what they need to do, put the thing in water, you know, filled it up with air, put it in water, made sure there were no bubbles, boom, back on. Ten minutes. And what a peace of mind that provides you. You know, and he always charged me, you know, 20 bucks, 10 bucks, you know, 15, 20 bucks. As time went on, it went up. I think it started at 15. Then it was 20, and then it was 30. You know, now it's 30. But, hey, you know what? It's worth it. Uh, I, 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 can, I can change a flat, but in today's world, once again, you know, you don't even have a real tire. Your flat tire is one of those small little temporary things to get you to another thing. So this, unless you're you have a blowout and your tire is destroyed or unless you get a nail or some or a sharp or screw or something like that or some kind of piece of metal that sometimes gets too close to the rim or something where they say you know we can't just put a plug in here it won't it won't it won't uh it won't stay you have to get a new tire sometimes you do have to replace the tire but for the most part you know with those nails you don't want to take them out when you see, I mean, this, I mean, this is, seems to be common sense, but maybe it isn't. As a veteran of the nail and the screw and the tire, let me just pass on some of my, the the sage advice and sage wisdom that I've been able to um, to garner since I've had so many of these. Do not take the nail out. Do not even play with the nail. Sometimes you will the nail is so in, in, in you know is so deep in there that you won't even have a slow leak or it'll be very slow sometimes as i said when i got so paranoid cuz i was getting so many nails in my tires the tire itself wasn't even 
low. The nail was so lodged in there that it wasn't, it was lodged and it wasn't even letting out air. And so from my standpoint, if I was just looking at the tires, you know, as I said, I got so paranoid, I, I, would, I, would, I would get down, look at the tire, and I would find a nail, but I I'd look at and I check the air, and it really wasn't losing any air. That's how deep and snug that that nail was in. You'd never want to pull it out. You, you're, you're, you know, your first inclination might be to do that, but obviously you don't want to do that. Especially, you know, you know, if you if you have a cut or something like that, or you have something that's impaled, you once you pull it out, it'll bleed more. So you want you want to keep whatever's in there in because it's it's not disrupting anything. You want to get it out there and taken care of. You want to leave it in there, like if you get a even if you get a splinter, you don't want to leave it in, but uh, you want to get it out. But you want to make sure that you get it out when you're ready to fix it, not just pull it out and then all of a sudden now what do I do? So uh, yeah, many times I would see a nail in my tire, but my tire wasn't wasn't getting a slow leak, and it was amazing. I'd watch this guy that I said that you know had this uh, you know garage at the at the gas station and. Uh, Man, he'd pull out when he when we so there's the you know there's the nail, and when he'd pull it out, I mean you'd be surprised how long it was. I was like, wow, that was a long nail, and I don't I would love to see, you know, it's funny how for the most time for the most part they're always in the middle of the tread. They I don't know I I would love to see in slow motion. I wonder if it exists. I should go on, on YouTube. I don't. I don't know if you could even capture it. To be honest with you, I'm sure you could. I don't know if anybody even bothers. But to me, I get so many nails in my tires that I want to see how this happens. I would love to see how the nail actually goes in to the tire. In that split second, I mean, think about it. You're, you're driving, even at a slow speed, even at 25, your tires are rotating at a, at a fast rate. And that nail is stationary, right? It's sitting there. It's laying there. And and so now, is it is it the one that goes in the tire is it laying there in the perfect exact position to be engulfed by this tire so that it punctures it in just the right way? Because when you see these nails in the tire, they're right in the middle of the tread, and they're even. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost as if it belongs there. And I would love to see. And so think about the speed. Like, okay, this nail is sitting there. Now, the car is 3,000 pounds. This nail is an ounce. And yet, just like, you know, the thorn in, in, the, in the lion's paw, this little thing can completely disable this large being. Just like the, the, the lion in the, in the famous little story, you know, the lion has this little little thorn in his paw and this big strong lion is is left incapacitated because of this little thorn 
And it's the same thing here. Your 3,000-pound car that can go 100 and some miles an hour is basically disabled by this bad little screw or nail that probably doesn't even weigh two ounces. But I would love to see, as the tire is moving, and especially at a fast rate, for the most part, you know, we're driving 30, 40, 50 miles an hour on a highway, even more. So why doesn't the nail ricochet off? How is it that the nail that's laying there and this moving, rolling object, it doesn't, it doesn't ricochet it off. It's somehow the nail moves up and then rolls perfectly and then punctures the tire. I think that's a, I think that's that's a work of art. I would love to see how that happens in a split second. Instead of that that nail or that you would think that the nail is so in that screw is so overpowered by this 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 three thousand pound machine that that and this rolling tire that in the, that that will be will be past that moment where the nail is in in a in a millisecond. And yet somehow it's a perfect storm. The nail somehow most likely is laying on its side. It's not laying up, but somehow it the, the sharp point moves up and in in that second. It's like it's it's like a it's a, to me it's like a miracle that that happens. For all you know, we run over nails all the time. And in it, and we we should be getting more nails in our tires, but because that 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 the perfect circumstances don't exist every time you run over a nail, maybe there are some that are ricocheting off that we don't even know, and then there's that one that doesn't. But in my case, it's not just one. I got to a point where I mean I would pull up and the guy at the at the store go at the garage would say again I mean this guy was even saying what are you living in a sea of nails so then I started to look around my driveway and I indeed did find quite a few nails and I'm like somebody did not do a good job here so even though the rash of those then stopped when I started to to then go around and I did a very thorough job of looking for nails. They did seem to stop in because it was I not exaggerating. I was going to this guy to pull out a nail every two or three weeks. It was very frustrating. Because as I said, you know, if not only is it, you know, you 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 hope that you can get it taken care of and thankfully the guy was always kind of cool and just he was doing something else, but he knew it took a 10 minutes and he knows that, you know, you're you're kind of stranded here. And so he took the time, and it was great. The problem is that that guy left, and then the whole uh, garage enterprise, mechanic enterprise, left that gas station, and I didn't have that nice, convenient guy a few blocks away. So if I did have a slow leak, I didn't have to drive far, and I knew this guy would take care of me. Um, But I still, now this was happening, I would say, 15, 20 years ago maybe, but I am still watching my tires because it's just now it's a 
And and mo- and many times it's good thing I did. I mean, I'm not. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm just giving it a cursory look, and all of a sudden I go, "Up, oh, there's a nail." Now in today's cars, as many of you know, they do have that system that if you are losing air in your tires, they you will get some kind of a notification on your dashboard. Depending on your car, some of them are very sophisticated. They'll even tell you which tire and how much air is left, and that's great. You have a luxury car. I think they do that. That's fantastic. But even a mid-size, you know, mid-range car, they at least now have that little uh, feature that at least it lets you know to look at look at your tires. I can't. I'm not going to. I can't tell you. The car won't tell me which tire it is or how much air is left. But at least it will. It'll alert me. Now the problem with that technology, as many as you may know, if you have it on your car, is that sometimes it is very sensitive, and sometimes it goes off when there is no problem with the tire. And if you live in a cold climate area like I do here in Chicago, you also know that with cold air and hot air, and we get the extremes here in Chicago, very cold, very hot, the air pressure in your tires reacts to the outside weather. And so in the winter, cold weather, the air, the tires contract. And in the summer, the air, the tires expand because of the heat. Whenever there's a, a change in the air pressure in your tire, which most tires are like 32 uh, pounds of air, that thing goes on to let you know. So sometimes it even happens in the summer, and you have you find you have too much air. One time I, <laughs> you know, and I'm so paranoid, you know, I'm so paranoid about a flat tire and 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 slow leaks that I oftentimes would overfill my tires just so if I did get a nail because I was getting so used to getting nails that if I did get a nail I had a slow leak. I wouldn't, the, the air wouldn't just go out uh, so quickly. One time I, <laughs> I went to get an oil change and they checked the tire pressure and the guy turns to me and he goes, oh man, he goes, you know, you got 55 pounds of air in this tire and it may have been the summer, so it may have expanded. I probably had more than, you know, he's like, whoa, boss, you can't have that much. I said, I didn't know. I didn't want to go into the whole thing. So now I keep it I keep it close to 32. And then the other side of the coin is, you know, I I become so paranoid because I had so many, uh, you know, nails in my tires and I'm getting these these slow leaks or these fast leaks where I have to really get, you know, especially overnight, you come back, you know, I check my tires and up, oh, it looks low. And I'd and I, and I would move the the car, you know, I inch the car up, up, and go out, get out of the car, look at the tire treads, no, not there, push it up more, and then finally, as the tire the the tire continues to roll and move, there, up, oh, there it is, and then off to the gas station. Um, so, if you you know, if you ever fill your tires, you also know that 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 goofy gizmo, which is the only thing I could, the only word I could use for it, is a gizmo. 
that goofy gizmo to check the oil, the, the check the air pressure in your tires. You know that, you know where you stick it on the valve, and then the little white stick pops up, and it shows you how much pressure is in there. I mean, this is twenty twenty three. Is that the best we could do? Is this this bad little stick? Isn't there something else that we can have? If there is, once again, I've told you many times, I'm not a car guy. So I don't know. I don't go to the auto supply store every week and say, oh, here's a cool little gadget. So maybe there's a gadget. If there is a gadget, please let me know. Go on my Facebook page and tell me, wait, Jim, you know, you're, you're so out of touch, which wouldn't be surprised or surprising. But no, there's a, there's a better air gauge that that's digital that you could check and maybe, you know, it costs 15, but whatever it is, if it is, let me know. Cause I'm still using that bad little gizmo that you stick on the valve and the white little stick pops out and shows you your, uh, your air pressure, which is very inaccurate. You do it three times and it can, can give you three different readings. Now, thankfully, and I don't know what's taking so long about this. Now, if you go to a gas station many times, you have to pay for air now. Remember that it was free? <laughs> now you have to pay $2 for air. Ridiculous. So some of those things just had the hose. And once again, you're going by, you know, you're, you're just going by feel or by sight. I would, I would put enough air in when I saw the tire elevated so that there's room on both sides. Probably many times that's too much air. Then I'd have my bad little gizmo and it would pop up to 40 and the next time it would pop up to 30. So I didn't know where the hell I was. I was so happy to find at a gas station near me now, completely by luck, hello. And some of them do have the little, the little pressure thing with a little, a little dial on the, on, the, on the hose. It's a little gun kind of thing where you press and but those don't but all of them don't have those. Some of those have those and those were nice, but not all of them had them. But here I found at this gas station thankfully somebody had enough brains. It's 2023 with all this technology, with all our TikToks and all our apps and all this other crap. Let's get something that it's more important than than you know TikTok videos and memes and GIF files. Let's do something. Let's create technology that actually helps us on a day to day basis instead of just mindlessly entertains us. Somebody finally invented, maybe I, I'm out of touch on this too, and I hadn't seen one, but now I saw one and I go back to this gas station all the time now. A, a, an air pump with a digital monitor on it. That as soon as you put the valve, the, the hose on your valve, it calculates how much air is in the tire and you keep you keep putting it on and you watch the number go up and then it stops at 32 the default is 32 so you're going to get 32 you can't go wrong here you don't need the bad gizmo with the bad little white stick popping out one time it's 25 next time it's 34 next time it's 42 depending on how much air you you know, you you hit the valve with in the wrong at the wrong angle. Finally, technology helping us. I don't know how they do it. I don't care how they do it. They did it. I put the valve. I put the hose on the valve. I look at the thing. It says twenty four. I I fill it up. It stopped at thirty two. Boom! The air on that tire stops. Go to the next tire. 
Wow. What's taking so long with that? Can you tell that this is a a problem (laughs) for me? (laughs) So, uh, I think the last one I had was about a year ago, maybe, but I'm still always very cognizant of my tires. And it always seems, for whatever reason, that I get these nails on either the driver's side, front, or the driver's side back. I rarely have gotten them on the passenger side. I don't know why. I don't know why, but that's where the nails always seem to be. So when I am getting into my car every time, as I'm walking on the driver's side, I will always look at my tires. It's just a natural thing now. And many times, as I said before, it's really come in handy. Now, I haven't gone around the whole car because I haven't really had the necessity to do that. Most of whatever reason, most of the the, the nails I've gotten have been on the driver's side. Now, I've been trying to figure this out. You know, a lot of times you drive on the le- in the left, far left lane, the fast lane. You know, that's where much debris is. When there's car accidents or when there's construction, you know, it's on that left side. That's a lot of times that's where, you know, where construction is done. If there's an L track or something there, uh, that's where a lot of times there are uh, bigger shoulders where people pull over. There are shoulders on both sides, but I seem to mostly drive either in the middle lane or the left lane. I don't really drive too much in the right lane. So maybe there's just as much debris and nails on the uh, you know on the on the right lane where my right side of the car would get those but i seem to drive more in the middle or on the left and i know that there's a lot of debris many times from crashed cars and or construction uh you know i don't go out of my way to drive through it but how can how can you even know when you're driving on a highway that there's a nail there so there have been times when that light has gone on and it's been a false alarm. So you can actually use, you know, at least with uh, the technology that's in my car, you calibrate it and that's how the light goes off. You go into the little vehicle settings, you hit a thing and it calibrates it again and it 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 takes that little light off your dashboard because those lights on the dashboard drive me nuts too. Because especially when it says, you know, low tire pressure, I think just sits there and it just, it's constantly reminding you that you, that there's a problem, you know, there's, I, you know, there, whenever there's a light on the dashboard, right, it, it's always this nagging thing that you need to take care of this. You're driving instead of taking care of this. And sometimes you say, well, I have, I'll get to the mechanic, but I have to do A, B, C, D, and E. And hopefully you're able to do all those before you get there. So last week, last week, the week before that, I was out of town for a week. The car was sitting. The car was sitting. Two days after I come back or so, Light goes on. Tire pressure. And I'm like, how the heck? (laughs) This car's been sitting for a week. I just started driving it again, and now the tire pressure is off? So I don't believe it, right? And I want to get that bad tire pressure 
the little icon, which it doesn't even, I don't know, you know what that looks like? It's got that weird, almost like a little, like a horseshoe. Why is that the flat tire or tire pressure icon? Doesn't look like a tire. I think they want it to look like a tire, but it looks like a horseshoe. Make it look like a tire. Yeah. <laughs> so first of all, I'm not happy with the icon. When I see the icon go on, the icon makes me mad because I don't feel it looks like a tire. Secondly, when it goes off, now I'm upset because now I might have another nail in my tire. Here we go again. So I calibrate it, and the light goes off, and I'm like, okay, maybe there's just, a, it's, you know, it is getting a little colder now. The temperature's changing, so maybe it's just the change in temperature, and maybe the tire is losing a little uh, air, and I'll go get some air for it. But it's not flat. I look at it. It's not flat. Well, I don't look at it. See, that's the thing. I look on my side. I'm so used to the, to the driver's side that I don't even look around the car at all four wheels. I just assume, since it's been sitting there for a week, how could this be, you know, how could I have gotten anything? And, you know, I just start driving the car again. So take it off. You know, I recalibrate. And it doesn't, it doesn't go right back on. So then I figure, well, okay, you know, this thing is very sensitive a lot of times. Sometimes it just goes on. Sometimes whether the tire is low or, you know, deflated or overflated, sometimes that, that thing is so sensitive, it just goes on. And you just recalibrate it, and you never had a problem. So that's what I was assuming. Or maybe it was it lost a little air. You know, it, you know the, the the tire contracted a little because it's been a little colder lately. So I'm driving around again, doing my usual driving errands. You know, going around two or three more days. Boom, light on again. I'm like, really again? So I calibrate it again. I'm like, geez, you know, what the heck's going on with this thing? But I still don't check the, the, the passenger side. I'm still checking my just driver's side. And I'm like, oh, geez, you know. So I, uh, you know, I don't pay much attention. I drive the car 20, 30 miles, come home, you know, run a, running a few errands. Overnight, next morning, I uh, I bring the garbage out to the garage, and it's still nagging me that that light went on a second time. And the first time you go, well, you know, it's oversensitive, and whatever, maybe the the air, like I said before, you know, it contracted a little. The air, it's getting cold outside. But now it went on a second time, and I still was kind of like, ah, this damn thing, and I hate that icon. <laughs> but it was kind of nagging at me that it did go on that second time. You know, one time could be a mistake. Two times is a trend, you know? That sec- whenever, whenever, whenever something happens a second time, you really do need to pay attention to it. One time, yes, it could be just a mistake. But two times maybe merits a little closer examination. So as I threw the garbage out, I I looked at the two tires on the driver's side and nothing. And then I went on the other side. 
It was almost like Dorothy going through the door and finding Oz. I never really checked (laughs) the tires that much on the passenger side. And I made my way around the back of the car. I looked at the front of the driver's the front driver's side wheel, looked at the back driver's side wheel, went around the back, looked at the back passenger wheel, nothing, and just gave a cursory, you know, I just is a is a cursory, I just almost a a quick glance at the because I'm like, there's nothing wrong with these tires. Stop going on, light. And as I sort of casually turned my head to look and was going to turn back, I noticed that it looked a little low. It looked a little low. You know how you see that the side of, you know, you see air on both sides of the round tire? Well, this seemed a little low. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh, that doesn't look good. So I pulled the car out, and I tried to get the tire. I moved the, you know, I moved the car then you know, a few little feet to see the tire move a little. Stop, get out, stop, get out, stop, get out. It was a pain in the butt because I had to walk around the front of the car every time I did this now. It wasn't as con- convenient as my, my previous nails and screws in the tire, which is right next to the driver's uh, door, right? That was always easy. And sure enough, there's a nail. And I'm like, son of a bee. Yeah, I could see this tire is low. It was appreciably low. And it probably was low when that first light went on. There was the, the first hint of a slow leak. But I had I thought it was a false alarm. And then it went on again. And I thought that was a false alarm. Well, now it's getting into real alarm. <laughs> And so it was very low. It wasn't flat, but it was pretty low. And I mean, I was surprised I was able to drive as far as I did without this having, you know, I was lucky I didn't get a blowout or something. So I went to my favorite gas station to at least fill it up or at least to to get the reading. I, I wanted to fill it up. I needed to fill it up, obviously. Thankfully, that as I said, my new favorite gas station with the automated uh, digital air pump is five minutes away. So that was good. So let me go there. At least I'm, I'm going to fill it up, and then I can make my decision as to where I can go to get this fixed. And so, sure enough, not only was it low, as I said before, most tires you need to put 32 pounds in. Once again, thank you, uh digital air hose when i put the air hose on the tire it said 11 11 so you can imagine that was pretty low so i was lucky so i'm like 11 (gasps) so i fill the tire and it stops at 32 and uh I now check all the other tires since I'm there because, you know, it cost you two bucks for this air, so I'm not. this took me 40 seconds. So let me at least, you know, check my other three tires and make sure they're okay. And they all were fine. I went back again. 
how long does it take you to put, you know, to, to check three other tires, right? Within within two minutes or even five minutes, that tire went down from 32 to 27. So this was more than just a slow leak. It was a it was a leak. So now that my trusty nail in the tire guy is gone, I've got to think, now where can I go? I do remember that there's a tire shop, thankfully, once again, where I've gone in the past since my other guy is gone. And there's also, it's a privately owned thing. And then right next to it, in fact, there's a commercial tire place too. So I'm, I'm kind of like, okay, out of these two places, you know, hopefully I can get this thing done. So I go to the first place, the, the privately owned one. It's a nice place. They do it. They did a nice job. I had to wait an hour or so for them to do it because they're very busy. The last time, but I go in there and I said, uh, you know, I got a nail in my tire. He goes, I'm sorry. You know, it's it's like eleven in the morning. He says, sorry, we're all booked up for the whole for the rest of the day. I mean, I think the place closes at like seven or eight o'clock at night. We're closed for the rest of the. We, we're booked for the rest of the day. I'm like, man, you can't even. You know, take out this bad. This will take you ten minutes. You know, you can't help me. I said, "Geez, my tire is, is pretty low here." I said, "I might go flat again. Where can I go?" I said, "Do you know any place I can go?" He's like, uh, "And I don't know." I'm like, "Yeah, you got to call around." I'm like, "Call around. This is your business." You know, you know, you can't help me today. Okay, I'll give you that. But do you want me to come back here again? So he goes, well, why don't you try the other place right, right next door? I said, oh, okay. I said, do they fix tires? Well, you might have to ask them. And I was like, wow. You know, not all, I mean, I'm sure maybe they were booked for the rest of the day. Maybe they were. But it was just kind of just blew me off. And it was almost as if, you know what, I'm, I want to sell somebody, you know, $1,000 worth of, of new tires here. I don't need to fix your you know uh to make you know, your 30 dollars to fix your bad little nail in your tire isn't really worth my time that's the kind of impression i got so i was a little upset that the guy couldn't even steer me somewhere well what well, you'll try there but you know he's kind of just kind of like yeah whatever sir i was like geez so then i went to the other place and wow what a difference yeah no problem we could fix you right up he also said, I'll try to fit you in. I don't know how many guys they had working there, but he said, uh, it'd probably take an hour and a half. <laughs> this should take 10 minutes. My, my old guy used to take 10 minutes to do this. It, all you had to do is put the car up on the, on the thing, you know, take the tire off, find the nail, pull it out, pull the plug in. It literally, I've seen it happen. It takes 10 minutes. I understand that there's other people and they're working on jobs, but, you know, those cars are disabled. They're there. They're going to be gone for a day or so. I've got a, a, a flat tire here, basically. I've got a, a flat tire that I, that I can't, you know, I, I, I'm in a, in a precarious situation. There's, there's air literally leaving my tire as we speak, and I won't be able to drive this. I'm going to get, uh, you know, stranded somewhere. Then I have to call for a tow truck and everything else. So there is a sense of urgency with this nail in the tire. And it only takes 10 minutes. 
But anyway, so in order to look like a sob story, I said, well, I can't. I mean, I'm afraid to drive on it, so can I just stay here? And there were people waiting for their cars. And they said, yeah, sure, that's fine. So I said, okay, I guess I'll just wait here until you're done. Well, the guy must have felt guilty or something. Within a half hour, they fixed it. But now, you know, I'm very aware. I'm very cognizant of what a full tire looks like. And now this tire just got fixed, right? I mean, the guy just fixed it. So you would think that that tire on the passenger front side would really be, it would really look nice and full compared to the other ones. I mean, it just got filled. I assume that the guy has a digital thing there too. He's got a little meter somewhere. I mean, he just plugged this tire. He took the nail out, plugged the tire, and now he's filling it back up. I would assume that if you're going to do a a good job here, you are going to fill that tire and it's going to look brand new, at least in terms of air, right? It's going to look nice and round and, and full. And when I got in the car, I looked at it to make sure and, it already looked, it didn't look as as taut, if that's the right word. It didn't look as taut as it should. But once again, you know, it's cold and sometimes, it lo- you know, how do I know? I always overfill my tires, right? When I went there one time, I told you, I was 55 pounds and the, I'm surprised the, the car wasn't bouncing like it was on a trampoline. So I'm like, well, what do I know? Maybe that Maybe there's not supposed to be that much air but you know, like space between the rounded part. Maybe I over, you know, put air in. Now that I've got my thirty-two uh, pound thing, that'll never happen again. But before, I was always doing it by sight, which is crazy. Or that bad gizmo, which was completely inaccurate. So, I figure, come on, the guy knows how much air to put in a tire, right? So I don't think twice about it. And I go off. I do a few errands, and I. Park the car. So now I um, I have to use the car again. To drive about 20 miles or so. Round trip. I'm on the highway. Light goes on. Light goes on. Tire pressure light goes on. I just got the tire fixed like six hours ago. And the tire pressure light is on. I'm like, are you kidding me? And then it and then it cuts back to me where I go, you know, I thought that tire didn't look full. It didn't look right, but I didn't want to bring it up and and question the guy. He just fixed it. He's the pro. I'm I am so not, you know, but I do know what a what a full tire looks like. I've got a lot of practice. And an overfill tire because I've been so obsessed with nails in my tires over the last 20 years. So, yeah, you know what? I don't even realize that I am pretty good by sight knowing if a tire is losing air or not. I don't even realize that that's an expertise that I've been able to uh, develop just through experience and osmosis. But I didn't at the time, I didn't want to say, so you filled the tire up, right? And have the guy kind of look at me like, shut up, you jerk. Yeah, I filled the tire up. What am I, an idiot? But clearly, something was wrong. That tire was still losing air. He just filled it, and I could see that it was losing air. So by the time six hours went by, 
it was losing air again. I'm like, did he plug it right? Is the plug loose? What's going on? Something must be wrong because the light's on again. I get to my destination, and thankfully on the way there, there's another uh, same brand gas station, and they thankfully have the digital air hose. Thank God. I go there, put the nozzle on there, put the hose on the nozzle, 11 pounds again. That must be where that where the light really goes on at 11 pounds, which is, to me, kind of low. Fill it up. I'm going to take it back to this place now before they close. It's about 5.30 when I get back there. 6 o'clock. I have my receipt. The ink is still wet on the receipt because I just had it done six hours ago. And I walk in there and I tell him, you know, I, I just had this done. I said, I, I, I already I already filled the thing up. It already lost, you know, 20-some pounds in six hours. I don't know if the plug is wrong. Something's got to be wrong with this. I couldn't have, could have I gotten another nail? Yes, I drove the car, but my gosh, could I have gotten another nail in the same tire? There's got to be something wrong with that tire. Either with the, the tire or the, the, the plug that you guys put in it. But it, 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 this can't be my fault again, right? Same tire? Six hours ago, I found another nail? Those talk about perfect, perfect storms, perfect uh, situations. So he says, well, I'm sorry, but I can't, we can't fix it tonight. Uh, there's two cars ahead of you, and we close at 7, and the guy can't stay. And I'm like, this takes five minutes. He can't stay five more minutes? Nope, sorry. So now I just put more air in the tire, but in six hours it went to 11 pounds. Right when it first got fixed, so now I'm like, if it, it it's going to lose if I leave it there overnight for twelve hours or thirteen, whatever it is, until they open at eight o'clock. That when I when I when if I drive it home, even though this place is about you know five minutes from my house, but if I drive it home, I'm going to have a flat tire. I won't be able to drive back here. So I leave it there. And now I have to walk home, and it's not a long walk, but it's like, you know, it's a half-hour walk. It's like a 25-minute walk. It's not, you know, what we realize, it takes us five minutes to drive. It takes you 25 minutes to walk it. So I'm walking, and I'm not happy that I have to be walking. And then, of course, the next day, my wife needs to, to be somewhere at a certain time. I would have driven her there. So now, you know, she needs to take the train. I have to get this fixed. So, you know, I walk her next morning to the train station because the train station is not too far from where the the car has been parked. I figure I'll go early with you. I'll walk you to the train because now it's dark at that time in the morning. And I've got another key to the car. I'll just sit in the car. and I'm going to get there before they open, but I'll sit in the car and kill 45 minutes. So once 8 o'clock comes, I about 5 after 8, I go in there and I said, you know, blah, blah, blah. My car's over in the back. There was a different guy there. He didn't 
know anything about it, but the key was there. So he, thankfully, there was no one else there, and uh, he puts the car up on the on the thing, and um, I see him working on it. And once again, 15, 20 minutes, and he comes back, and I said, he goes, oh, here you go. He didn't charge me again, which was nice. And I said, well, well what was it? And he said, well, the, the plug was fine. We plugged it. I saw where they put the plug in when they took the nail out. But apparently the valve, you know, that bad little valve that you use that you put in, that you put your hose on to, to fill the tire. Well, you know, in that valve, there's that little pit, that little, little pin inside that. You know, that's how you let some, the air out of somebody's tire, right? You, you press down on that little, that little, uh, little valve in there, and that is what opens the, the tire for you to either put air in or take air out. You know, if you, when you see your, the hose, it's got that little round thing right there that presses that down, and then the air goes in. Or if you just don't have the hose and you take a key or something and you press that down, that's how you can let air out of your tire. Well, apparently that valve was stuck. You know, you're supposed to go down to open it, and then it, when it pops back up, that closes it. Well, apparently that valve was sticking. So when he put the air in, after he fixed the tire, when he put the air in, the valve was down a little. So it was leaking air. So the plug was fine. He did a good job on that. He wasn't aware, apparently, that, that, that the air, that the, that the valve was open. Now, it wasn't open hugely, apparently, or that air would have gone out in two seconds. But it was open enough. It was that slow leak, that, that aggravating, challenging slow leak that was, slow, that was leaking just slow enough to make you worry. Now, what was the aggravating thing for me was when I got there in the morning after leaving it overnight, because my thing was, let me leave it here overnight, because if it does... If the the flight the tire is flat, at least it's here at the place, and they can they've got the equipment to fix the tire or fill the tire there more than I do. So that's why I left it there overnight. If it's going to go flat overnight, I rather have it go flat at the car repair place at the tire repair place than in my garage because then I'm I'm screwed again. When I saw the tire, when I got there in the morning, I probably would have been able to drive my wife to at least a train station and get to that place. On The tire was certainly lower, but it wasn't flat. So I probably didn't need to walk, but you know me. I'm always more better safe than sorry. And so the guy says, yeah, you know, there's something wrong with the valve. I'm not sure why it was sticking, so I just put a new valve on, and it's fine. Looked at the tire after he filled it. Now it looked right. And I'm like, okay, now I think we're done. And, you know, the light was on the last time. And once he filled it up, the light was gone when I turned the car back on. And, oh, what a peace of mind. 
No lights on the dashboard. No recalibrations. No worrying, can I drive this far or that far? All four tires filled with air. There is peace in the world. I am just hoping that it will be more than two months and hopefully two or three more years before I get another nail in my tire because it's such a pain. But at least this was as easy. It could have been easier. The walk wasn't fun. (laughs) They're back twice. (laughs) But I got my steps in for the day, right? (laughs) And it was cold, too, which didn't help matters at night as well as early in the morning. But the things we do that we have to do. Next week, I will tell you part two of the story. Once my tire gets fixed, something else breaks. Not around the house, not in my car, but in my mouth. You'll have to listen next week to find out just what happened. In the meantime, check that tire pressure. And so ends another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Every Monday, a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast. We are there. And don't forget to tell your friends, tell your family, tell anybody who listens to a podcast. Your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic, and it should be theirs, too. Your loyalty and devotion are much appreciated. Hope you enjoyed episode number 390. I'm Jim Toronto. I ain't here on business. I'm only here for fun. You've been listening to Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. From the end of the web to your screen.